What is up? Welcome, everybody. I'm super excited to, today to be joined by Julian Goldie from Goldie Agency. Um, on this interview, we're going to be talking about how he grew his agency to over seven figures and growing with a very specialized service offering. We're talking about how he's got a completely virtual team and has been able to become a, a digital nomad, so to speak, like kind of living in, in Thailand now, but kind of living wherever he wants. And um, I'm sure he's going to be sharing some great strategies on how he's grown, how he's scaled, how he's able to remain productive uh, working from a virtual environment. So if you're excited, just type yes in the comments. Give me a like if you're seeing this. Share this if you know other agencies that can benefit from watching. So without further ado, Julian, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me on. So I guess like just start out. Tell us a little bit about like what you do, kind of where you're at in your in your agency, kind of as we sit today. Sure. So I have a SEO link building agency. So I help websites rank number one, get more customers from Google and drive more traffic to their site with SEO and link building. And we've basically grown that from just me starting off building links for my own websites and then selling it as a service to clients to grow into over, to, to multiple seven figures basically at this point. Yeah. So good, man. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into the, into the agency space and specifically into the link building space? Sure. So originally, I mean, do you want me to start right from the beginning? Like, yeah, man. You, yeah. Quick, quick, quick backstory. Okay, sure. So quick backstory. Uh, one day I went to Thailand with a bunch of friends on a sort of lads holiday. And we were there for two weeks, had an amazing time. And we said, when we got back to England, we were like, well, kind of got the holiday blues now, you know, like it's raining, dismal weather, back to our office jobs, our nine to five office jobs. And we were like, right, well, why don't we say within one year, let's make sure Let's start a business online, have the freedom to work from anywhere in the world and go back to Thailand. And all three of us did it. So all three of us moved back to Thailand eventually and started an online business. And I started off writing articles on Fiverr.com for $5 an article back then, just because I would do anything to make it work, basically. Mm. So I even remember making my first $5 online and like sending the screenshots to my friend, like really proud about it. Like, look, I'm actually, you can actually make money on the internet. So, yeah, that just gradually built up. A year later, I was living in Thailand. And when I was living out in Thailand, I was living in Chiang Mai because that's one of the cheapest places in the country, but one of the most beautiful. And also, it's got a great community of people working online. In that community, there's this amazing community of SEOs and people who do search engine optimization for a living which is crazy because like, you know, you've got all these places in the world, but Chiang Mai happens to be a massive hub spot for it. Hmm. So when I was out there, I was trying to build my own website as well. Like I kind of had shiny object syndrome. I would try and start lots of different ventures. One of them was starting a website, but I couldn't get it to rank, like no matter what I did. So I was writing content all day. I would spend hours like typing blogs up, trying to create content, but it still wasn't ranking. It wasn't really getting any love off Google. And one day, my friend who works in SEO said, the reason you're not ranking right now is because you need backlinks to your site. From there, he sort of taught me how link building works. Long story short, my website started ranking and getting a lot of traffic to a site. And then I was like, well, if it's working for me and we're getting potential customers to our site, 
then maybe it's a service I can sell to my clients too, or you know, to potential clients in the future. So that's what I started doing, and it grew from there. Amazing. So from like this dream state of man, one day I want an online business. I want to be able to live yeah. in Thailand to like actualize to that. Now you've got a successful, thriving business, probably making more than you ever imagined um, yeah, in that sure. space. So good. So, you know, just talk to us a little bit about like what the service offering looks like, who you're working with day to day in your in your agency. Sure. So basically what we do is we we sell backlinks, right? So it's like a payment performance model where if the client doesn't get backlinks, then they don't pay anything. If they do get backlinks, then we charge per link. So what we do is we take the client's keywords that they want to rank for. And we advise them on the type of content to create for that or how to optimize it on the website if they've already published it. And then we go out and we build backlinks to their website on that. And typically we work with, so we work with some websites directly, uh, you know, one-to-one websites will come to us and they'll say, we need backlinks and we're happy to do that. But a lot of our clients are agencies. So we work with a lot of clients who do white label link building and what they can do is upsell links to their clients make revenue on that but quite often they don't know how to do it or they don't have the time and the resources to do it because it requires a big team so then they come to someone like us and we fulfill the work for them they take a margin and the client gets better results with seo so predominantly working with agencies as a white label link building provider you know if you're running an agency watching this and you think you know what i seo right going to set up the website going to the title tags h1 tags meta descriptions we got to get the on-site stuff right, but then off-page, we know we've got to add the directories, we got a blog, we got to do press releases. Um, but sometimes, you know, the, the site just doesn't move up in the in the rankings. Um, mm-hmm. And so finding a really quality provider like Goldie Agency works really well, right? Because you don't want to necessarily have to put all the horsepower behind trying to, to man that. We, we I've, I've had great results with um, Julian and his team. They do really just like top class uh, link building. Talk a little bit about your strategy and how it works. Like, what is the approach that you found that works well to to get links and to get like high quality relevant links that actually move the needle from a rankings perspective? Sure. So for us, we focus on natural looking editorially added backlinks. So there's loads of types of ways you can build backlinks. You know, you can do directories. There's some people who go out there and spam the internet to get links. You know, they're Posting blog comments everywhere, posting software. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there are all these different ways, but we found that the method that works the best is usually just building links within content, within existing pieces of content, because that's typically how most websites get backlinks naturally. You know, if a piece of content goes viral on the internet, usually all the links pointing to that piece of content will be within articles, within blogs editorially added by other website owners. So there's like a manual sort of process where the website owner goes in, adds the link themselves and links out to that site. So we use something called the skyscraper technique. It basically works in four steps. So first of all, we reverse engineer what content and topics are the best for our clients to get backlinks to. So if our client says, right, we want to rank for topics related to skincare, then we'll do some research and we'll find all the top rated articles they're getting tons of backlinks in the skincare niche. Then we reverse engineer that process to look at, okay, we can see your competitors are getting backlinks from all these sites. So we recommend you approaching these sites as well, because if they're likely to 
link to your competitors, they're very likely to link to you too. So that would be stage two. And then stage three would be optimizing the content. So before we start reaching out to anyone and building backlinks, we just want to make sure that our client's content is the best it can possibly be because the better quality content you have on the site, the more likely someone is still into you. Like if you have a really spammy looking site, high quality websites won't want to link to your content simply because you know it doesn't reflect well on them. And if they're linking out to you as a resource, it needs to be high quality. So that'd be stage three. And then the final step is we go out, we reach out to these websites, usually via cold email and say, hey, I'm actually linked to joeblogs.com, for example. Maybe you want to link to us too. Here's the blog article to check out. And typically we build backlinks using that method. Nice. So it's a, it's a pretty thought out process. You don't just like click a button and magically a link, you know, is pointed back to your client's site. Like you do some analysis, uh, you like write some great content, and then you've actually got to get the attention of the site owners to the place where they would take your content and put it on their site. And it has to be a win-win, right? Like you're kind of finding that balance between why they would do it in order to like add value for their site and how that adds value to your client's site. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Because if that website is trying to make money or if they're trying to run a business, then it requires some time for them to go out of their way and add the backlink in. So you have to find kind of like a compromise here. Yeah. Good, good stuff, guys. If you have any questions on link building, this would be a great time to pop it into the chat. We'll be trying to watch the questions here uh, since we have a world-class link building expert on with us. So now we have a pretty decent idea kind of how you, your program is, is packaged. You work with agencies. You're selling them link building services. It's very performance-based. Look, if I get the links, you get paid. If, if I don't, you don't, right? Kind of is, is the model. Um, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about how you get clients. Like, so a lot of white label agencies watching this. So like, what is it that's working for you to get um, in front of your ideal clients and to get their, their business? Yeah, sure. So we actually, we started off on Upwork.com. So we actually began landing clients from there. And I know a lot of agencies are very hesitant to land clients from Upwork simply because it's got that reputation of, you know, cheap or low quality clients or clients that are too demanding on Upwork. But actually we've, found some really amazing clients to work with on there, you know, who have the budget, who are easy to work with, who have worked with us for years. So it's always been like a very consistent source of sales for us. So that was the first place we started. And one of the things I love about Upwork is that clients on there have their cr credit card already plugged into the system. And there's a lot of trust in there as well. And then if you've got like hundreds of reviews across your profile, like we do, and it's fully optimized with like case studies, testimonials, an easy sort of productized service that people can easily buy, then all of a sudden you can generate a lot of sales from Upwork. And I've seen loads of seven-figure agencies on Upwork who, who are getting tons of clients. So I think that's a great place to start. That's where we started. It worked very well for us. Uh, then after that, we sort of graduated to YouTube. So I started publishing videos on YouTube about link building, about SEO, just sort of loads of basically all the FAQs that my clients would ask me. So if they had a question for me, typically I would ask, answer them first of all, but then sort of put that content into a video on YouTube as well, because I knew that similar clients would be looking for that topic. And even though our channel was pretty small, even today, even like a couple of years later, it's so niche and so targeted, and it already positions our authority and expertise, that when clients go onto YouTube, they find our videos, they find our content useful, then all of a sudden it generates leads and sales for us. 
Love it. I love the um, the inbound play, right? Putting out great content. They're like, how do I do links? Oh, wow, this guy's showing me exactly how to do it. And then they kind of enter your world as like, hey, you know, I, I, I have some idea how to do it, but I don't want to do that myself. So let me contact Julian himself and find out if he could just do that for me. That way I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's it. it absolutely. Yeah, inbound is such an amazing method. I actually... I think it really, you know, it's funny because I read your book like a few years ago before I started posting on YouTube and that sort of like planted the seed of like, right, when you do inbound marketing, it's such a great way to generate clients because first of all, they're coming to you. Secondly, you've already got your expertise and authority positioned um, and it's just a much easier sale and you get much higher quality clients doing that. So it's, it's an amazing way to generate clients. I would recommend it to any agencies just trying to scale up, trying to increase their acquisition. Then another thing that we did early this last year that sort of made a big difference for us was releasing a book. Hmm. So I released my book, Link Building Mastery, put it on Amazon for free, got like thousands of downloads and it became best-selling as well. And by doing that, again, it was another authority play. So people could read my content for free so it's kind of like the law of reciprocity, right? If they get something for free from me, they're probably going to reach out or they're going to download something from my website as well. Um, it increased my reach exponentially and it just differentiated me. Like when I looked on Amazon and I was trying to find like books about link building, there was no one else really talking about link building on Amazon. Even today, there's not. So that was a great way. And then it's something you can physically send to people as well. Love it. So you kind of moved up this hierarchy of, of authority from... Just being on on Upwork, right? And you know, any any contractor, I like, need links, and they could reach out to you. And then you started to build your profile, your case studies, your wins, your successes. So that probably became an even easier channel for you because it was like, hey, not only is this guy a link builder, but he's got lots of reviews on the platform. Then you started putting out content that people discovered on YouTube and other channels, I'm sure as well. Uh, now you're the published author, link building mastery. People read that book and they're like, wow, this guy really knows what he's doing. And you, you're like really high positioned in the in the link building world. Um, I think, have you found as you moved up the hierarchy of authority, the resistance that you get from new clients um, is less? Absolutely. Yeah, less resistance. It's just like all the systems feed into each other. So you set up one system like Upwork, for example, then you can get your team to handle that. So it doesn't require any more t time from you. And then, you know, you set up YouTube videos. And as you already know, like once you have an asset out there, every single video that you produce is like a piece of real estate on YouTube that people can find. And even some of my videos from years ago that were terrible, I'll be 100% honest, still get found today. People still click on them and download a book or, or booking a call from them. Um, and it's like, you set up these systems, they run automatically, they generate clients on autopilot, and they also just work together really well. So I've had people message me who said, um, so I, I was speaking to one client the other week, right, on a, on a call, and he said he was thinking about signing up with me because he saw my updates on LinkedIn. So we were positioning ourselves as experts on LinkedIn with content every single day. And then he asked his business partner, uh, hey, do you mind if we sign up with Goldie Agency to do link building? And his business partner said, oh, yeah, yeah, we've seen those guys on Facebook. Let's sign up with them. So it was like all this omnipresence and all the systems sort of working together to produce sales resistance. 
Love it. So what would you say is the main channel now? Is it the book? Is it a combination of the book and kind of nurturing the database with new content? Being 100% honest, like Upwork is still generating so many leads for us because clients, it's just, it's at that point now where we've got hundreds of reviews. You know, there's so much social proof there that it's almost a no-brainer to sign up with us. And what happens every single week is that people just message us directly with offers and they say, hey, we want to start up with you straight away. How, you know, how do we get started? Literally, I get messages like that almost a few times a week, which is crazy. Yeah. Incredible. And so I think the stigma, like you said, is that a platform like Upwork is people looking for the lowest common denominator, the cheapest service provider, almost like Fiverr. But you can choose how you position yourselves on those on those networks as well. Right. If you're the authority player, you've got lots of reviews. You set your own price. So you could be a high priced provider even on a network like Upwork. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you check out my Upwork profile, for example, and you scroll down the page, you see that I say, like, before you send me an offer, like most people do, you know, like a lot of people do every single week, then just be aware of two things. And I'm not saying this to be like cocky or anything like that. It's just that we get so many offers need to be selective. So and then I, I say, well, you know, if you're not willing to pay a setup fee, then we'll decline your offer. And if you're not willing to pay. Oop, lost you for a second. Sorry. Oh, Go ahead. all good. No, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, basically we pre-qualify our clients on our Upwork sales page. So it already positions us as like different to everyone else because we're more premium. Um, so we'll say, right, if you don't have a budget, we can't work with you. If you don't have a setup fee, we can't work with you. And, you know, um, just be aware of that before you send us an offer. So already, like we sort of pre-qualify our clients, which positions our authority and filters out clients that probably were low quality before so good so i something i'd love to hear hear from you on because we've talked a little bit about who your market is you've got the niche you're really going after agencies on this white label play you've got your your service offering which is mainly like a link building service performance based um, i think you know most agencies that might not be in the traditional like website seo pay-per-click the whole turnkey solution um, i think like well that's something i have to do a la carte and i can like charge you know per link or something how did you turn this into a monthly re recurring based um, offering? Well, with link building or any type of SEO, as you know already, like the work never stops because you always want to be building on momentum and you can 10x. You can uh, keep increase. <laughs> so you can keep like playing with the snowball effect basically with the SEO. So like, if you increase your traffic by 10% with link building the first month, that's decent. But if you then increase it by 10% the next month, the next month, you've got like one of the most powerful forces in the world working for you, which is compound interest, right? So for our clients, we suggest that you continuously invest in link building because if you do that every single month, you're going to get the benefits of the compound effect, not just the links that you're building each month and not just the results you get each month. Um, and for most of our clients, like when they start seeing results coming in each month, they're more than happy to sign like six month, nine month contracts because they see the power in it and they know that long term, if you invest in this, it's going to bring results in direct ROI. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So I, I'd like to hear, like Kitty, you said you kind of see agencies do two things with you. Some of them will make it part of their service offering. So like they're charging whatever they charge and then there's a fee that they've baked in hard costs for link building through your service. And then others of them are like a la carte, they will add it as an added value upsell to their client base. 
Can you talk about those two angles and how you would explain that to, to an agency looking to kind of add this higher level link building to their program? Yeah, so like how to sell links to their clients. Exactly. And, and, example. and how they would go about upselling it to the existing client base, I guess. Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, if I was an agency and I had a bunch of clients I wanted to sell link building to as an extra service, I would sort of go to the client and I would say, look, you know, we're already doing this SEO work for you. We're already doing this marketing work for you. The thing is, if you really want to 10x your results, then you need to know that 90% of websites on the internet don't get any traffic. And the 10% that do typically are backlinks. And we, we always refer to this case study by Ahrefs, which found this 90, 90% statistics. So they looked at 2 billion websites. They saw that 90% of websites aren't getting traffic. The ones that do get traffic from Google are the ones with links. So it's like, it's already backed up by statistics. But then also for our clients, we know that what, what I would say, if I was an agency, I would say, right, you know, if you look at any of your competitors, if you don't build backlinks, they will. And I would pull up some keywords and say, let's check out your number one keywords, right? For example, if it was like Plumbers New York, then you pull up the rankings for Plumbers New York using a tool like Ahrefs, something like that. And you can easily see which sites have backlinks and which ones don't. And typically, looking at the top results, it's, it's normally always the website with the most amount of backlinks and the highest quality links. Yeah. Um, so and then also... Paint that picture by saying, look, we're here. We need more links and authority. Like, we need to do that. Here's, here's why we need it. And here's how much you should invest to really kind of bridge that gap. Yeah, that's it. And that what we do actually for a lot of our clients is we create like a backlink game plan. Mm. So we analyze what our clients' competitors are doing for each keyword that they want to rank for. We break down the number of backlinks their competitors have. And then we say, well, if you want to outrank them, here's how many backlinks you need. And here's how, you know, here's what sort of domain rating each of those backlinks should be. So like it basically breaks it down in exact science, like, right, here's what you need to do. Um, and it's not 100% accurate, but it's probably the closest picture to accuracy you can get. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I would say, you know, to, to clients, if, if they're my clients, I would say, right, well, we can do ads for you. We can do all these marketing channels for you. But if you get traffic from SEO and you increase your SEO traffic, then your profit margins are going to be much higher. Simply because if you're getting free traffic to your website that you haven't paid for, then every single sale you get from that free traffic, the profit margin is going to be way higher than if you're paying like five or ten dollars a click from, say, Facebook or Google Ads or anywhere else. And it, so it's, it's a way of being much more profitable. And then additionally, you know, there are some other side benefits too. So, for example, if you go on Google and you type in a search, uh, any sort of keyword, you're much more likely to trust a website that's ranking number one on Google versus a random Facebook ad that just popped up on your feed. No Simply doubt. because, yeah, the authorities there, it's like Google validates the content and says this is the best content out there right now. And also, when people on Google, they're looking for something. They're trying to solve a problem. So that traffic typically converts much better than an ad that's kind of invading someone's private time on the web. 
hundred percent. So I, I love that, and I love that kind of that that kind of showing. Here's where the gap is. Here's how we can clog it. Here's the actual game plan that we're going to put in place to make this a reality. Um, what would you say to the agency owner that like actually does a digital marketing service? Right, they do website SEO, pay per click, and you know SEO link building as part of their program. And let's say they charge two grand a month, but they're just not getting the outcomes for the client. They're like, man, I need to do more link building. Um, like, do you find it in, in your case, people can go to that client and be like, hey, look, we need to, you know, we need to build some more links. So we need to add an additional thousand dollars to the budget and have the client be okay with that. I mean, it depends on the client. Like, you, I guess it depends on several things, right? So, number one, the client and their budget. Number two, how patient they are, because some clients are going to be are going to see the long term value of SEO versus others. Yep. Um, number three, what the potential upside of that is, because if they're working in a really profitable niche, for example, like e-commerce, where if they just scale their SEO traffic, then the sales are just going to scale like crazy too. Then it's a no brainer for them. Um, obviously, there's an important part of this is how you sell this as an agency. So it's your sales process and. You know, when we're selling anything, it's 100% our responsibility to make sure it works, right? In the way you present it, the way you, you bring that message to the client, you've really got to simplify it, make it very obvious, um, and, and approach the client at the right time as well, right? So if you're already doing a good job with them on other things, then typically they're going to be more likely to buy from you. So it's, it's very dependent on the relationship too. Yeah, good, good stuff. So I, I appreciate you kind of explaining that, walking through it. I think... From my perspective, you, know, you should always have an, an, an availability for variable increase in expense, right? And if the client's in New York City versus Tupelo, that's a different amount of competition. And the amount of links, the amount of citations, the amount of authority that's going to be needed to get that client ranked in New York is going to be, is going to be more, obviously. And so like, try to avoid, as the agency owner, locking yourself into a $2,500 a month program, and that's it. Right, we did that for a while. I was like, "That's our. We can't go any higher because that's what they agreed to at the beginning." Like, there's always additional things you can do to move them forward faster to get them more, you know, a greater return on investment. And so, don't be afraid. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Don't be afraid to ask for more money if you can show that, like, this is the incremental thing we're bringing to the table, and this is the incremental outcome that you can expect. Yeah, you just have. To, I mean, like, you can have any. That's the thing, isn't it? It's knowing how to ask. It's like uh, I read Never Split the Difference recently, and he was saying, like, mm. you can have anything in the world you want as long as you know how to ask. And it's like approaching the client in the right way. Love it. Awesome. Guys, so we're on with, with Julian Goldie, runs a multiple seven-figure agency providing link building services. I see uh, Aiden just got here. Aiden, glad to have you with us. If you have any specific link building questions, drop them in because uh, Julian is a ninja with this stuff. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about delivery, right? So at this point, you've got all of these clients you get through Upwork. You've got all these agencies that you work with. Obviously, a lot of things going on. Um, operationally, how do you keep track of that, especially being that you're in Thailand, very virtual? It's not like you have an office with hundreds of employees. Walk us through how you yeah. manage the virtual team and how you keep up with the, the, the amount of activity that needs to be produced to get the results. So for us, we have a divisional head of every department in the business. So we have an operations manager who handles a big team of link builders who actually do most of the work. Then we have 
account managers who speak directly to the clients and make sure they're happy. We have a team in marketing, team in sales. And each week we have a level 10 EOS meeting. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with it, it's basically like a, a weekly catch-up call that's very straight to the point, very direct, and it's all about productivity. So it's just sort of taking a pulse on the business and seeing where you're at. So we have a weekly scorecard that has all our key KPIs, and it's like, right, what's our revenue this week? How many clients are live? Uh, you know, who's due to be billed this week? What sort of problems have we come across? And we just go through and problem solve any sort of situation. Um, we check a pulse on how the operations is going, if we have any bottlenecks or anything stopping delivery working efficiently, then we check in with that too. So for example, uh, a big problem we had last year was hitting deadlines. So every week we would solve one problem and then the next problem in the chain would come along. And so like for a month, it was just, it was all about fixing problems with the deadlines and finding efficient systems to manage that really. Um, so we do that. And then also with my team, I set KPIs for each head of the department. And then they set KPIs for the team that works underneath them. And these are like three month quarterly targets to hit. And if they hit them, typically they'll get a bonus of some sort. So for example, for our account managers, they have KPIs and retention and video testimonials. And then for our ops manager, she has a KPI for hitting client deadlines. So making sure everything runs smoothly um, and also client complaints. And I think one thing you've talked about previously, Josh, is like what you measure gets managed. Yeah. And, and the first step to improving anything is just measuring it. So when it comes to delivery, it's like, right, measure it, find out the problem, solve the problem, there's always going to be another challenge down the pipeline. So fix that as well. Um, and just keep problem solving every single week and just try and get, try and improve at least 1% every single week, you know? Yeah. I love that. A couple of things you mentioned there that I'm a big advocate of um, is EOS, the entrepreneur operating system, putting a leadership team in place, having those weekly level 10 meetings, making sure everyone's got their scorecard and that everybody's clear on like the main number that they're tracking to get the work done. Um, and the fact that you've got that rolled out, that you've got that running, obviously helps you really execute at the level that you do. So some great shares there, Julian. Yeah, that's it. I mean, when, you know, before we joined Seven Figure Agency, your mastermind, like, we didn't really have any of those things in place. And I'd never even heard of EOS, like I put my hand up. <laughs> it's not even something I'd come across. So when, you know, with Nick Williams, one of your coaches, when he was recommending the EOS system and putting that into place. It was just such a huge game changer. And it seemed like a lot of work up front, but the amount of headaches and the amount of problems it solves and, and just how efficiently the whole business runs now, it's like night to day. And when it comes to operations, you want it to be as productive and as simple to manage as possible. And with EOS, you get that. Love it. Love it. Great share. So um, Aiden's asking here, are there any like SEO tools you recommend like quantum or anything like that specifically for SEO that you've, or link building that you found to be productive? So for us, like I would say the Swiss army knife of SEO is probably ahrefs.com. Mm. And this is a tool where they, you, you can almost, you could 
it, it's like 10 or 15 or 20 different tools in one. And it's not the cheapest tool out there, but as an SEO agency, you need the best tools to help you. So for us, like, we, if we want to check the quality of a link, we go to Ahrefs. If we want to check our client site and what sort of keywords they're ranking for, Ahrefs does that. And then a lot of prospecting. So before we reach out to clients via cold email, before we start reaching out to websites to get backlinks from, we prospect them on Ahrefs first. Um, and then other useful stuff like uh, keyword research you can do on Ahrefs. Then as well, we use SEMrush. So SEMrush is very good for keyword research. And some of our clients prefer the metrics on SEMrush. So we always want to do what the client wants and what's best for the client. So for us, we're happy to take the metrics on SEMrush as well, give those to the client. So we use both of those tools. Between those two, that's, pro that's like the 80% 80, 80 of the work done. So, and that also helps us automate a lot of things. I think when it comes to like managing your own website and trying to get more traffic, there's loads of tools you can use. So for example, like NitroPack, that will increase your page speed rapidly. Um, I don't know if you ever tried using it, but for example, I had a site that was like page speed score of like 50 on Google. Installed NitroPack within like an hour, it was already 90. So it was running really fast and all the core web vitals were running on it much better. Um, yeah, I've, but I honestly think, yeah, if you're an agency, Ahrefs, SEMrush, that's going to do most of the work for you. And Love it. it just saves you, yeah, saves you going from platform to platform. So from a, from a link building ninja here, top two tools for, for running a seven-figure agency and, and really doing good SEO, Ahrefs, amazing tool, SEMrush, amazing tool. Um, Aiden's asking also, is link building a manual task for your team? I know we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but is it manual or is it automated or kind of like a hybrid of both? So when it comes to the outreach, we automate a lot of that simply because, you know, we're sending like thousands of emails, thousands of cold emails uh, across between 50 to 70 different email accounts. So we have to automate that. Actually, I've got a lot of YouTube videos on uh, how to automate your outreach and how to reach out to cold email prospects to build backlinks. So for that side of things, yeah, we automate it. For actually negotiating the backlinks, so there's a lot of to and forth between you and webmasters. Like if you ask them for a backlink, chances are you're going to go back and forth with them six to seven times before they actually link to you. So that's manual. So we have a team that all day their job is just to negotiate with webmasters, organize the high-quality links, and then put them in a tracking sheet for our clients. At the same time, though, we try to automate that as much as possible. So even though there's that human interaction, we use canned response templates. So when our team are like replying to people, typically they get the same questions from website owners um, and they'll just use like canned response. Do you know like a, a text expander where you like- yep. You type, type the first shortcut. couple of words and it fills it in. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So we use a lot of text expanders because most of the conversations our team has with website owners is the same thing day to day. So they use text expanders to, to automate most of that as well. Love it. So, so a little bit of automation, but a lot of like manual, like research through Ahrefs, finding the opportunities, finding what kind of content to deliver, cold outreaching and getting responses and then using canned responses to kind of follow those conversations from, yeah, I would potentially do it to actually giving them the content and getting it posted on their site and getting that backlink for the client. Um, 
Any any cool tricks that you use like for your cold outreach? You're sending these thousands of cold messages. And in your case, not to get prospects, but to say, hey, look, we, I, I, I want a link from your site and here's why. Like, what are you guys using for, for that type of stuff? Yeah, so starting with the technical side of things, we we set up like we set up all the sort of records to authenticate our email address because then when email service providers like for example Google scan through your email they can see that your email is authenticated and then it's more likely to increase deliverability which means that your open rates will be higher your click through rates will be higher and overall you get more backlinks and better responses so for us like we put into, we we had like SPF records. Dekim records. I won't go into too much like de technical stuff, but DMARC, Dekim, SPF, we set that all up on the email. Then we also warm up the email before we start using it. So for a new outreach account, let's say it's like uh, we bought the domain goldie.agency and it's like julian at goldie.agency. Before we start sending thousands of emails via that, we warm it up, which means that we send it to a bunch of other email accounts they reply back to us and it's kind of like this network of email addresses that all interact with each other to increase our open rates and make us look more natural. Um, kind of like a little like lem warm type of deal where you're sending, getting responses, getting opens, but it's your own network. Yeah. I, that's why I use, we use lem warm. Yeah. Okay. And it's a really good tool. And then for outreach, we use, we used to use Lemlist actually a lot. Like we had, we were spending a lot with Lemlist every single month. We switched to Pitchbox recently simply because with Pitchbox, it's a lot better for link building. Like before you start sending out emails, you can actually sort of filter by the quality of the backlink before you start sending out emails, which saves a lot of time on the prospecting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so and then Pitchbox is a really good tool for outreach, yeah, uh, particularly for link building outreach, yeah. We've tried other tools as well, like Postaga, um, which basically fits everything in one so it's like an all-in-one tool so like you can take the data from hrefs hunter everything else and use it inside Postago as one tool so rather than going logging into hunter getting the email address logging into hrefs getting the prospect data it's all inside that tool um but we just found pitchbox was the best so far yeah so it sounds like lem warm to warm it up pitchbox to send the emails Ahrefs to do the research, and then a, like a really nice, well-integrated tracking sheet. So when you do get the link, you can put it on the client's tab, and month over month, they can see those high-quality links that you've built on their behalf that are going to move the needle from a ranking perspective. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when it, you know, just some little hacks for cold email. Like if you want to get better responses, I would say number one, keep your subject title very simple. So start with the basics, personalize it as well, much as you shorter can. Shorter is better. Shorter is better. Um, include some humor. Like we always include like jokes or puns inside our emails. Um, that seems to get a better response. And yeah, also if we sometimes like we try and find, we try and get responses, right? So if we're trying to send emails from a new email address, what we'll do is we'll include in the first line something like we'll pay you $20 for a backlink or something like that. Or we'll pay you $100 for a backlink. And we fire that out because we know if website owners see that, they're way more likely to open it, way more likely to reply to it, which means that the deliverability of that email address goes up. So then when we do other outreach accounts and get 
when we do our outreach campaigns and get free links for that campaign, then our deliverability score is way better. I know someone just mentioned GMAS as a tool mm -hmm. as well for link building. I think yep. that's a good one to get started with. Like you can send emails in bulk. It's pretty easy to use. It's very simple and it doesn't require too much. But at the same time, it's, I think once you're really scaling up, you know, and you're sending thousands of email address emails like we are, then it becomes slightly harder to manage. So that's why we progress to Lendless. But for sure, if you're just starting out and you're just running a new campaign, GMAS works. Good stuff. So we got, so we got some cold, cold outreach tips there, some strategies for using cold outreach to get links. Uh, guys, my camera's a little bit freezing up. I'm not sure if it's on my end. If you're seeing both me and Julian and hearing us clearly, give me a one in the comments. I'm just super curious as we, as we press forward. Um, all right, so Julian talked about like the, the niche that he serves, how he packages the service offering, how he delivers. Um, we'd love to hear, like, and I know this is something you're really good at, so I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on client retention and creating a great client experience. I'll get one so you guys are hearing us to see us. That's a good indication. Thanks, guys. Good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when it comes, so here's what I would say, first of all, when it comes to growing your business, retention trumps sales. I honestly think that because it's going to increase your profitability, like a 5% increase in retention will increase your profitability by 20-25%. And once you have a client who buys from you once, it's way more easy to get them to buy from you again and again every single month. Whereas if you just focus on sales, which is kind of glamorous, you know, you get a new client on, it's exciting, it's fun. It makes you feel, you, you kind of get like that little dopamine hit that says, wow, we've got a sale now. Um, it's great, but I just think retention is way more important. So when it comes to that, I guess it comes down to two things. Number one, using your client's results as a North Star to guide everything that you do. And for us, we, we try and keep like customers as the central model to everything we do. So everything we do in operations or in account management, it's all about, okay, will this make the client happier? Will it increase retention rates? Because that's what we want to do. And will it get them better results? And then also showing that you care. So when it was just me as a one-man band, and I was dealing with like 10 to 15 to 20 different clients, it's very difficult to show your clients you care because you just don't have any time. Like everything is going crazy. And you know, you've, you've got to manage sales yourself. You've got to manage marketing. You've got to handle everything else got to handle the operations. But when you start getting account managers involved, when you start getting an operations team involved, all of a sudden, there are so many different retention tweaks you can make to your business to give them a better experience. And for me, it makes me happy when I see my clients happy. Like, I don't feel good if a client has a bad experience. It's, it's something I think every business owner wants to avoid. So every single week, I ask myself, right, what can we do to increase and improve retention so some examples we've recently implemented like we start sending out gift box to new clients that come on board um we started using bonjuro so when clients sign up with us they get like a personalized video from their account manager then additionally we add them to a facebook group that's for clients only and then they get the sort of community effect and they get exclusive content on there that they couldn't buy or find anywhere else so it's exclusive to them. It's high value for them. Um, we do weekly training that's purely for our existing clients and they can't get it anywhere else. Then also we have an email newsletter. So 
and it's it's not just like a a generic newsletter that doesn't contain any value like every single week we're trying to give something to our client along their customer journey so we time the email funnel with where the clients are in the customer journey so if they've been with us one month they're going to get tips on keyword research and content if they've been with us two months they're going to give something that's related to their situation at that point and then all the way through the customer journey the email newsletter matches with the stage that they're at and what would be useful for their business at that stage yeah. um, for us what one of the biggest things i would say when it comes to client retention is mapping out the customer journey and you know whether that's on a trello board and you just have month one month two month three like a kanban board and you plot out every single thing you're going to do for the client so then you can see like right here's what we're going to do from month one here's what we're going to do for the month two and you can sort of plot out the the, the journey and make sure they get as much value as possible and then for us i think as well we kind of want to build a moat as a link building agency so we want to differentiate ourselves from everyone else and there are there are hundreds of link builders out there but none of them really care about customer retention they're just trying to get sales or they're trying to just build links and that's it here's your links i'm done you know i've done the service now so for us we want to sort of build a moat around us stack the value in retention every single week stack the value in customer service and just build out a service that blows a customer's mind to the point where they would never even dream of going anywhere else. Love it. So, so, you can tell it's something I thought about a lot recently. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and you're doing great work on this front. Um, Aiden was asking, was it Bonjuro? Yeah, it's Bonjuro, like uh, the French word Bonjuro, and it's a platform that lets you just talk about like how, what, what, how do you use Bonjuro? It's basically the video shows up in their inbox and it looks like it's a personalized video just for them. And it was yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just a personalized video just for them. Um, and then also it's quite good for collecting video testimonials because you can send, you can create a link, like a magic link, and you fire that out to your client when they're ready to give a video testimonial. And it, it's just way easy for them because they can upload the video, record it there and then with the webcam or the phone. Um, and it will have a few questions on the side, like sort of helping them figure out what they should say on the video because I know a lot of clients struggle with that when it comes to video testimonials. Yeah, so going back to the, the client retention question there, I think you know you guys have just done a great job not just thinking about let's get more links. We've got to do that, right? Lead with results as the North Star. I love that kind of as the, as the, the baseline. Yes, you have to get great results. But creating experience and like giving them a reason to stay with you and have like that relationship with you the, the personalized video, the monthly check-ins. Um, I know that you send like gifts and you're good with gifting. Um, as a client, you sent me some custom tennis balls and uh, some other cool, like a customized, you know, uh, uh, t like towel with our logo on it. So like really just smart things that the client would say, wow, I wasn't expecting that um, in addition to the service that you provide. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think the other challenge of this is you can – You've got to keep adding the value, keep stacking the service, keep focusing on retention. But then also internally with your team, as you take on more account managers, as you bring them on, as you train them, and as you new, add new things into the system, you've got to keep it really organized so that account managers know where they're at in the stage of the system. They know how to implement and deploy it so that nothing is left along the way. Or, you know, if you keep adding new things every single week, if you don't lay it out in a simple sort of SOP and a sort of 
simple process, then your team will struggle to execute that too. So you've got to manage your team internally when you're building out new processes, but then continuously improve the service and sort of match the internal with the external. Absolutely. Great, great stuff. So um, kind of shifting gears here in terms of team and team management and scale. Uh, we've got a question here. It's like, what, you've got now link builders, you've got content writers, you've got account managers, you've got team leaders. Like, where are you finding the best talent for your agency specifically? So this is a very good question. Recently, we started using a recruiter simply because we realize how important talent is for us. Like it's just, it makes a world of difference. The better your team is and the better your culture is, the better your business is. And if you want growth, I think it all comes down to talent and culture in your yeah. business. So for us, we have a recruiter that has like a very thorough interview and screening process. And he will take the hundreds of applicants that apply and come out with maybe like one or two clients that are ready to be interviewed. And then from there, we'll hire. Um, we did this. I, I honestly find like when we hire, when we hit like a new growth milestone in the business, it, it's quite often down to someone we hired recently. So once they're on board and once they're productive, it makes a huge impact in the business. You know, for example, if you hire a sales manager and their close rate is, is just increasing every single week because you've hired an A player, then your business the, the momentum your business builds and the growth you hit is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, so for us, recruiters are very good. If we're going to do it ourselves, we quite often use Dynamite Jobs because we're a remote company. Mm. So Dynamite Jobs allows us to post on there. Um, we can very quickly screen cap applicants. Like it's really easy to go through everyone's CV, see how they answer their questions. You can do that in like a matter of minutes rather than hours. And it's really easy to screen candidates and then arrange an interview with them. So Dynamite Jobs is very good too. We did used to recruit a lot from Upwork and, and some of our best team members have come from Upwork, but I typically find for like the higher level jobs nowadays, there's not as much quality as we require, I would say. Yeah. Um, and maybe some of the staff that get you to six figures, you know, if, like if you're growing as a business, what gets you to six figures might not get you to seven figures and what gets you to seven figures might not get you to eight figures, depending on whether your team's willing to, to learn and grow along the way. So yeah, Dynamite Jobs, a recruiter, that's worked best for us. I know that a lot of people use their network as well, which I should do more. <laughs> right, no, that, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great share. Um, so kind of like talking about growth scale and kind of things that you've put in place, uh, you've been part of Seven Figure Agency going on a year now. Um, I think you said you were like kind of in that $50,000 range. Now you're well over 100000 What would you say are a couple of the changes? Like if you had to name like two or three tweaks that you made in the business that helped kind of accelerate the growth, what would those be? So I think a big part of it was, was honestly goal setting. Like I know that sounds really basic. But for us, like I have my whiteboard in the corner of my office and I see my goals every single day. And the more you can focus on those and see clarity in them, whether that's your goal for the next three months, your goal for the next year, three years, your lifetime vision, that sort of thing. The more crystal clear you are on that, the, more you, you, the higher your motivation is. And that just supercharges everything you do because now you're always thinking, right, how do I do this? How do I get there? 
and you, and you start asking yourself the right questions, which lead to the right answers, and all of a sudden you're moving in the right direction. So for us, yeah. So so for me, it was goal setting, and this is why I do it with all my team because I know it makes a huge difference. Um, coaching absolutely makes a massive difference. So with your mastermind, just for me, like I have, like I've got. You can probably see uh, my guitar in the background, right? Yep. For every single thing that I want to improve in life, I have a coach and a mentor. So in the gym, I have a personal trainer. For singing, I have a singing teacher. For guitar, when I was learning it um, quite a few years ago now, I had a teacher. And it's the same for business. Like if you have a great coach like your team, uh, Seven Figure Agency, then every single week you're held accountable. You're going to be moving forward every single week. You know that you can't slack because I'm going to be jumping on a call with Nick Williams and I don't want to say, sorry, Nick, this week I didn't do the work, I promised. Like, so things like that just make a massive difference. And then also when you have a mentor, they spot all the weaknesses that you can't see, like the blind spot that you can't see. And quite often when you're a CEO or the agency of an owner, uh, sorry, the owner of an agency, people are scared to tell you that, right? Like your team sometimes are a bit scared to tell you that or they feel like they're overstepping the mark. They don't want to be 100% honest. Your friends around you, they don't work with you day to day, so they don't see your weaknesses. But when you have a coach and he sees the decisions you're making, he sees how you're operating, all the systems you've put in place, they can see all the strengths and weaknesses that you have and guide you in the right direction. And typically, they've made those mistakes as well as you before. So they know, right, you're heading towards that mistake here's how you avoid it and you just sail past it yeah so for that was exactly the same with eos and team meetings i was struggling to manage my team to keep operations really tight and nick said right let's do some that you know you should implement eos you should start doing level 10 meetings every single week and just touch in with your team and check a pulse on the business and ever since we did that it's just like i say night and day Love it. So it sounds like top three were just getting clear on goals and strategy. Like here's where I want to Absolutely. take the business and kind of having that yeah. front and center, having a coach that's like two to three steps down the track. Nick Williams is amazing. One of our top coaches for the international yeah. crew here at Seven Figure Agency. So meeting with him and having him kind of support you along the process and then implementing EOS and kind of having that leadership team built and kind of having the capacity to continue to grow. It sounds like those were the big three for you. Yeah, let's see. I mean, if I was to add one more to that, I would say delegate everything that you can as well. If it takes you longer than five minutes and you can delegate it, just delegate it. Give, give it to someone else, whether that's someone on your team. If there's someone on your, if no one on your team can do it, then find a freelancer to help you. But you have to remove the blocks and remove all the mental energy and, and remove everything that's holding you back. So for me, every single month now, I audit all my time. I figure out, okay, what am I spending most, most of my time on? Can I outsource that? Can I delegate it? Can I offload it? And then that helps me free up another block of time so that I've got more hours to focus on something proactive and protect my own time. Love it. So delegate and elevate was a big thing, right? And I think it's a Absolutely. powerful practice all of you guys as you're growing should be doing is that time study. Like, where was my time going? Okay, what can I remove myself from and get somebody else to take? And then elevate so you can focus on the bigger picture things within the business. That's the only way that you move forward. Uh, and through EOS, as you start to get your team to delegate and elevate, now you've got your leaders also kind of freeing up their time and saying, hey, look, I'm spending a lot of time on this little benign thing where I can put someone else to handle that and continue to elevate the organization. 
Absolutely. That's it. Love it. Great, great shares. Amazing stuff. So uh, there was a question here, and I just want to make sure if you had to recommend one really good SEO book that like was super impactful for you, what would it be? Okay, I'll, I'll be honest, like there's not that many good SEO books. I don't want to, I'm not going to say mine because that would be very egotistical. Hey, Link Building Mastery by <laughs> Goldie is one of the best. So definitely check that out. I would honestly recommend for SEO, if you want to learn it, check out some courses. Matt Diggity's Affiliate Lab, absolutely mm. fantastic. One of the best courses I've ever seen in SEO. Um, Authority Hacker, they have the blueprint on SEO. And it basically teaches you how to create a website from nothing and build it up to something that earns thousands of dollars passively. It works for me. It works for all my friends in Chiang Mai. Um, and I would highly recommend that too. So those two courses give you more than enough that you need to know. I think that's a great, it's a great insight for you guys too. Books for things like SEO, paid search, aren't your best play, right? It's the information mm -hmm. is going to be outdated by the time it's published in something as, as iterative as SEO. And so just a good tip, right? Find the great courses and invest a little money in them. Um, maybe follow the blogs and, and kind of so you can have up-to-date information as opposed to, you know, a book that was published, you know, year, two, three years ago. Yeah, the beauty of courses as well is like you buy it and then you can give it to your team as well. So when you start handing out operations or you bring new people on board and you want to train them on SEO, these sort of courses are really useful. Love it. Love it. Great stuff. Well, Julian, congratulations on your growth and success, building a multiple seven-figure agency, providing amazing link building services to, to agencies and clients alike. You shared some great insights on how you package your program, how you deliver link building services, um, how you do actually do the work, have scaled the team, and how you land the clients. Um, if, if people want to learn more, you mentioned a couple times that you got your book. You've got some great free content on YouTube. Where's the best place for them to go and learn more about you and your services? So to learn more about me and my services, if you go to juliangoldie.com, from there, it's got all the information you need. So it's got details on our service. You can book in a free strategy session if you want to learn more about how you can improve your results with SEO and your website. And we have a free book to download on there as well. So nice. that's juliangoldie.com. juliangoldie.com. And your YouTube channel is Julian Goldie or is it something else? Yeah, it's Julian Goldie SEO. So just look up Julian Goldie SEO if you want to get his ninja hacks on how he does seo and how he does his cold outreach he's got lots of great video content there um and for his services definitely go to juliangoldie.com that's how you spelled it juliangoldie.com that's correct yeah yeah i can see that at the bottom there okay awesome well thanks so much for being on thank you so much for sharing guys if you got value from today's episode definitely reach out to julian send him a thank you um thank you for the in insights and, and the information You've got follow-up questions. Uh, Julian's also in the Digital Marketing Agency Success Group. And so tag him in there if you've got specific questions about link building or how to do better SEO. He's a wealth of information. Uh, Julian, would you be okay to respond to those types of questions? Absolutely. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, if you tag me in, more than happy to answer anything, any questions you've got. All right. So one last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up. And that's like you're a, you're a very entrepreneurial individual, but you've also got a lot of personal interests. Like I see you 
you're doing like some type of, I know it's not karate, <laughs> but some type of karate. I know that you love yeah. to travel the world and you live in, right now you live in Thailand. Talk to me a little bit about like why you do that and kind of how having this nomad lifestyle works for you. Yeah, so for me, I think a lot of what you do outside the office impacts how you perform inside the office. So really what I try and do at any given moment is have three hobbies. One that makes me money, which would be my business. One that keeps me creative, which would be singing, songwriting with music. And then my third would be health. And right now it's, I'm in the gym a lot. I, I train five days a week in the gym. Uh, last year I would train a lot of Muay Thai and, and up to the start of this year. Um, but yeah, I think you've always got to, when it comes to, when it comes to life, like particularly in business, you need creativity, right? And you need inspiration and something to fuel your motivation. So for me, my best ideas come when I'm doing something outside the office. So for example, every Thursday afternoon, I'll go and do like a fun activity. Like when I was in the UK, it was like, I don't know, I'd do like clay pigeon shooting or over here I might do archery or uh, go visit a beach somewhere or something like that. So yeah, I think you've really got to, yeah, a lot of, entrepreneurs I see make the mistake of spending all day in the office, but your best ideas won't come when you sat at a keyboard. Um, I think that's one of the reasons your masterminds work so well as well. Like, you know, your, your events, because people can go there, they can step away from the office. And when you're in that sort of creative environment with people that inspire you, you come up with great ideas. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I think as well, if you've got like the growth and learning mindset, you always want to be experiencing new things. And with that comes new ideas, new creativity. So putting yourself in new environments, as difficult as it may be sometimes to get out of your own habits and your own daily routine, it makes a massive difference. And it improves so your mindset. So good, man. Great stuff. Really appreciate you taking the time to be on here. Really appreciate the shares. Uh, so you wrote, this is a million dollar show. Thanks, Josh and Julian. Uh, great Thank work, you. man. And uh, if you had one last piece of wisdom to leave with the group, you know, to close this interview uh, for the agencies that are just trying to get to that next level, what yeah. would that be? So for me, I mean, like I've been running, I've been working online for the last six years. And I would say when it comes to running a business, it's the people that don't give up that succeed. So typically, you know, if you're trying to grow your business to the next level and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing, it's just a matter of time. And if you put in the right actions in, it's not, a it's not a case of if, it's a case of when. So if you focus on the journey, you focus on the process, and you're hard on your actions, not your results, then the results will come eventually. Love it. Great stuff, man. Thanks so much again. I know it's Thank late you. where you are, so get some rest. And, uh, it's past we'll my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll talk Thank to you, you next time. Thanks so much.